Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading through the entire Bible together, book by book, chapter by chapter, out loud. And we've got Revelation 9 today. So yesterday was nice, you know, Easter Monday. We took a look at Psalm 100. We saw how just those five little verses really have a lot going on. There really is a specific context, even though it can seem general. So check that out on the podcast if you haven't heard that. Um, the podcast, you can get that wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, just just type it into Google, Thy Strong, and it will like pop up the rest of it. Uh, but today, we are getting back into Revelation, and we left it on this cliffhanger like more than a week ago before Holy Week. It's the seven trumpet blasts of the angels. And uh, we saw in chapter eight, you had the first four trumpets. And now we've got the fifth, the sixth, and the seventh today. And and these are the ones I think are, are scary for people. And it, it admittedly, you know, there, there's a, the abyss gets opened. There's smoke and locusts and they're described as just monstrous. They've got lion's teeth, women's hair, human's faces, They've got wings and scorpion tails. What on earth is this? Um, but again, we see there's something going on with the seven days of creation and these seven trumpets. It's not necessarily uh, all just scary bad stuff here. So this is the, the balance. And uh, I think we're going to find a lot of good things. And joining us today, we've got one of our regular guests. We've got Pastor John Lekumski from Southern Illinois. Good morning, brother. So good to have you back. Um, yeah, Revelation 9. This this is a this is one like, oh, I don't know. But it's good stuff. So so yeah, like we don't have enough troubles with the coronavirus. Now we got scorpions and locusts and fire breathing <laughs> lion faced horses. Thanks. Thanks a lot, AJ. It's the Ah. kind of encouragement that we need in times like this. It's nice to know things can and will get worse. (laughs) (laughs) That's one one way of putting it. I mean, it has been interesting, though, that uh, I I think that, you know, this kind of literature, this apocalyptic, we've talked about this a little bit. You know, people kind of naturally gravitate toward this stuff in the midst of oh, yeah. uh, times like this, you know? And so people are already reading it and you got people, you know, posting about this stuff and like, Oh, Hey, this was foretold. And, you know, revelation six and, and, you know, and, and we, we got to take a look at that and say, no, hang on a second. Like, is, is that, is like, there's a, is there a one-to-one that like mapping here? Like, you know, this, this phrase here means coronavirus, you know, I mean like, well, Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. And so, so on the one hand, we kind of I, I think we it's good just to address it because pe- there's people who are you know using it like that. But I think I, like we saw back in actually Revelation chapter six, when we when we saw like the four uh, horsemen of, you know, of uh, of the apocalypse, as they're, as they're commonly called, you know, it, there's something comfort comforting because, um, you know, in some ways you, you see how this does fit in to the book of Revelation, our current circumstances, our current situation. Um, but. If that's the case, it's actually a great comfort because, uh, well, Revelation tells you um, how it how it all ends, and it's a uh, it's a happy ending. Yeah, yeah, that that is true, that is true. But we got a long way to go before we get to the happy ending, and, and that is true as well. We probably have a long way to go in this world before we get to the happy ending. Um, 
but but you're right. There there, there are positive things in here, uh, and and what's neat about Chapter Nine is that we have a total different tone than we've had up to this point. Because up to this point, most of the disasters, well, maybe it could relate it to the coronavirus, because most of the things are kind of natural things, or kind of things that affect trigation. Uh, like like you said, uh, if, if you're paralleling this with with the, the story of creation, it's all been about about the things that God made. But but this this chapter here is where you get the big turn. Now it all comes just on humanity. It's not on creation. But if if we're talking about the days of creation, this would be the sixth day. This is when God created man, because all the torment here is focused only on people. Uh, in fact, very explicitly, the things you would think with the afflicting creation, uh, the fields, for example, with the locusts. But no, no, these locusts are attacking people. And, and the other thing is, it's all demonic. All the images here are demonic. And, and, and we're reminded of that passage from Paul in Ephesians, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly places, because that's but Revelation 9 reminds us that the real enemy is not all, it's not the coronavirus. It's not the, the natural disasters, the earthquakes and the tornadoes and, and the tsunamis. No, no, there's a, a greater evil at work here, and he goes by the name Satan. So yeah, so that, that really is, um, yeah, I mean, there, there is something of a turning point in that regard that, you know, th this does feel like it seems to be finally talking about the devil, right? Um, and yeah. until now, that really hasn't been, I mean, isn't, isn't that interesting, right? You know, it's like so far, it's, you know, when the, we had the letters to the seven churches, right? It was some stuff about, you know, like, oh, there's persecution. Um, I guess there was the, the term synagogue of Satan, right? Referring to, you know, like false right. Right. Uh, believers of those who do say that they follow God. But I mean, like, you know, problems from people. And um, as you were saying, problems, you know, in, um, in nature, problems in, uh, you know, the kingdoms of the earth, the oppressive powers that, you know, the rich, the powerful, well-connected. Right. Um, but, but yeah, this does, it does feel like it maybe goes in this other direction here. So we'll, we'll want to make sure we um, spend some good time on this. Um, and yeah, and certainly just call on God as we take a look at this stuff, you know, there's always a danger when you start talking about these sorts of things that you get, uh, your, your imagination can run away with you. And, you know, this is, uh, you, or on the other hand, you know, you just, uh, you don't, you don't take it seriously. Cause you're like, ah, oh, well this stuff, I mean, that, let's not be superstitious. And then, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to kind of go either way here. So, uh, let's, no, if no, you would, no, no, no. Yeah. If you would, that, that's uh, the thing. It, it's real. It's real. Right. It's not yeah, exactly. That's right, that's but, right. but then, like you said, the danger of the ditch on the other side is just start trying to pair it up with things that you're seeing going on at this point in time. And and, and that's okay. I, I think you can do that. I think you can have fun with that. But I don't think anyone can say with absolute assurance that this is what the uh, the locusts are and this is what the fire-breathing horses are. But but I think you certainly can get a, a, a very clear picture of the overall things that are going on. High in the world and will continue to go on until Christ finally returns. Right. Well, brother, as as we get started, then uh, would you say a prayer for us and for everyone listening along, and for all our brothers and sisters? Okay. And before I do that, I, I need to make a kind of a preliminary comment because I don't think you you realize what major changes have happened uh, since the last time you and I visited. Uh, oh. I've actually had I've had a major heart attack. 
at an emergency triple bypass, and and we are stranded in Florida because we decided to do this. Well, yeah, we were visiting my wife's father down in in Bushnell, Florida, and I heard about how good the cardiac care was here. (laughs) Oh, wow. Oh, brother, my goodness. I I had no idea. Whoa. God bless Uh, you in the midst of all of that. I mean, I'm so glad that you're... I mean that you're you're yeah. you're uh, talk, talking to me today. My goodness, well, I, I would have never yeah, I would have never guessed just to listening anybody. to you. Yeah, yeah, but I, I feel like a juggler, AJ, because I, I don't have my computer in front of me, so I'm using my iPad and I've got my notes <laughs> in Revelation nine. I, I, I'm using a Bible that luckily was here, uh, but it's the King James, so I think I can pretty well follow along with you as we're doing it. My oh, wife man. gave me her phone. That does have ESPN, oh, wow. but unfortunately, you know what phones do? You turn your head and, and they've, they've shut off again. Oh, so, yeah, so, my goodness. But anyway, let's oh, man. You're right. We need to pray. We need to pray. Um, oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Yes, AJ. Thank you, Lord, that I am alive to talk to AJ. What a, what what that would have been if our last conversation had been our last, but it isn't. And, and we uh, thank you for that blessing and for the continued strength. And, oh, Lord, man, you have to help us. You just have to help us because these words are so obscure and so difficult. And yet, uh, as AJ said earlier, let us see, there's hope in these words. There's not total desperation. It's pretty rough, but help us to see that there's still good and promises and blessings, uh, even in these very, very frightening visions. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, John. All right. Well, let's... How about okay? I, actually, let's let's go back just a little bit here, because sure. it is really in, in the middle of this. And the ESV, um, you know, is kind of helpful with the way they break this down. They show the seven trumpets that starts up um, in chapter eight, verse six, right? And it, it shows you actually that that big number nine for the chapter. It's in the middle of the paragraph um, because it really right. is. I, I mean, in the middle of this sequence. Um, I mean, like to your point, there there is something. And I think that's probably why they put the chapter mark there because it's like these last three trumpet blasts. They are darker, and in fact, actually, um, there is an indication of that because there's this eagle <laughs> that yeah, that yeah. comes on. We didn't have a chance to talk about this, but there's this eagle that shows up, which is very strange. I'm um, talking eagle here, and um, and, and signals that these last three are going to be bad ones. You know, these you know, it's like, oh, okay, you thought the first four were bad. We, we remember. You know, we, we had the the first one, which was like, uh, you know, this like it was like hail, like this kind of crazy like storm, right? That happened that that right. that burned things up, right? So you had this big storm as the first trumpet. Um, the, the second one, it was this chaos, um, like on on the seas, right? This chaos in the seas and the waters, right? Uh, and then the third one, you had this, um, I mean, this wormwood, right? Which is, I mean, it's this strange word that most people aren't familiar with but i mean like literally in greek it's um it's it's absinthe but i mean it's it's meant to be this uh it's meant to refer to this like this bitterness right and and particularly like a bad kind of bitterness that's from like a an herb so you kind of have this you know this kind of poison plant um kind of poison plant extract kind of thing going on for the third one um and then and then the fourth one you know the sun the moon the stars right like the the things up in the heavens struck and then so then we come to verse 13 introducing it and that so let's just read verse 13 to like kind of recall this it says then i looked and i heard an eagle crying with a loud voice as it flew directly overhead 
Woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth at the blasts of the other trumpets that the three angels are about to blow. Yeah, so AJ, it's almost like you think that was bad? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whoa, 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 yeah, yeah. You wait until you see the next three trumpets, yeah. Yeah, no, and, and that's really, it, it's, it stands out for a few reasons. Like, one, like the triple woe, um, like that's, that's um, I, I don't think you really, I mean, we, we, we saw a bunch of like, you know, like woe or maybe even like a double you know, but it's just kind of funny to talk about it like that. Um, but 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 saying it three times is um, unusual. Uh, but I think, of course, the more unusual thing is that there's an eagle flying around speaking, right? <laughs> like where where I, I don't think that occurs anywhere else in the Bible. Um, what do you, what do you make of this this eagle? That I mean, like we've had lots of angels. Why why didn't an angel show? I mean, like it's an eagle. That seems pretty weird. Um. Yeah, and, and you know it's interesting, and I wonder because the King James has has it translated as angel there, but now I see I'm pulling it up here on the ESV, uh, and it does say eagle. Um, I don't know. I don't know what. I, I, you're right. Obviously, it's striking. Uh, what, what, what do you see from that? So the ES, the the, the King James has has uh, angel there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which I had to double check it. Um, but I have no idea oh, why they have angels. Oh, wow. That, that is interesting. Hmm. I didn't even know that. And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of the hev uh, midst of heaven. Yeah, so actually they put an angel there. Um, well, I'm, let me let me like look at my, my Greek text here. I'm, yeah, I'm wondering. Yeah, it, it is the eagle. I, I just looked it up. Um, you know. Oh, okay. It, it's, you know what it is? It's just there actually is a variant. It's not, it's not a, okay. a, yeah, it's, it's, not a, it's not a well- a tested variant. It's not like it's one that occurs um, all over the place. It, where it does occur, though, is the so-called majority text. So, I mean, it's going to okay. be, I mean, which is just like what basically the King James was based off of. So, it, it's it, it became very popular in later manuscripts, right? Um, but in all the earliest ones, it's all eagle, uh, straight straightforward. So, um, do, do, do you so, think this goes back to the? the uh, creatures that are surrounding the uh, throne? Because you've got an eagle there. I'm just looking at other places where that particular word is used. Yeah. Well, I, I think there's like two things going on. I, I think that um, on the one hand, you've got this, uh, this, I mean, so this eagle is speaking and the eagle is saying what? It's woe to those who dwell on the earth. So the eagle, right, can fly above the disaster overhead. Um, but it, it's everyone who's down on the earth that things are going to be bad for. So I, I think there's kind of like on the one hand, there's sort of a um, just kind of like a, a kind of a kind of like intuitive distinction there. But uh, I think the bigger thing actually goes back to the days of creation again, because what was created on the fifth day, right? Among other things, eagles, ah, right? And go. so like, and so I, I do think I do think this stuff actually keeps tracking pretty well. And like so, you know, just like I was saying, like you know, the first. The first day you got the situation with the storm, second, the seas, third, um, you know, this this kind of poison, and then the fourth, like the sun, the moon, the stars. And so, you know, we just had the sun, the moon, the stars, the day four stuff that's up in the heavens, right? Um, and, and now, like the things that, that go down are that, that, are, that are taking place that live on the earth, now those are about to happen. The things that were created on days five and six, because, I mean— that's kind of the, the weird status of, you know, birds is that 
like when you read Genesis one, it's like they do fly through the heavens, right? Um, but it does say in Genesis one, of course, that they like that they um, that they 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 brood and they nest and they reproduce um, on the earth, right? So, uh, so I, th I think that that eagle is a little bit of a a little hat tip to that actually. Um, but let, let's go ahead and read because I think I think it'll make more sense if we actually get this this part out here before us. I'll not read the whole bit of the fifth trumpet blast, but just to get us started here. So this is chapter nine now, finally, <laughs> at verse one. And the fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star fallen from heaven to earth, and he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. He opened the shaft of the bottomless pit, and from the shaft rose smoke, like the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened with the smoke from the shaft. Then from the smoke came locusts on the earth, and they were given power like the power of scorpions on the earth. All right, so just pause there for a second. So, so I mean, this is really interesting, right? Like, there's a couple things that are that are odd about this. You, first of all, it's not a star that falls from the earth, right? Um, and it just says like. And he was given, right? And and it's like, hang on, who is what? Who is he? I, I think this is one of these instances where, like, the stars are just kind of transparently representing angels, right? Like right. that you have. Right. Um, if, like we saw that. We didn't we see that with the lampstands? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I mean that's traditionally been the understanding, and that is how, how not just uh, the Jews but the Greeks and. And the Romans, they, they, they saw the stars, they saw the planets as being celestial beings, actual creatures, uh, angels, God. Um, and, and, yeah, so traditionally that, that the star falling is the devil uh, from, from Luke ten eighteen, where Jesus says, uh, and Jesus said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Yeah. And, of course, the, uh, in the book of Enoch, too, the apocryphal book of Enoch, fallen angels. Uh, are also a theme in that book. So that would, and, and, and the abyss, the abyss is actually what it says there in the Greek. I, I think that's mm -hmm. always traditionally associated with, with hell, which which always tickles me that hell is such a terrible place, even the demons don't want to be there. <laughs> right? Mm. Remember the story when, when Jesus cast the demons out of that, that poor yeah. possessed man, and they say, don't, don't send mm -hmm. us down to the abyss. Right. Let us, let right, us right. take care take, of you know, those pigs. So, yeah. Um, Right. Well, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, it's, it's interesting though. I mean, like, I think, I think that, you know, the, it makes sense like, yeah, to, you know, the abyss, right. This is usually not like a not so great place. Um, like in, in it's the way it's depicted, but do, do you suppose that, that the star that comes down is, is Satan though? I mean, cause it's, it's interesting because I mean, he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. So, I mean, the image is that this, this angel comes down from heaven, right. Um, and then has he has this key given to him, and he opens up the abyss, right? Um, does yeah. it does it make sense to say that that would be referring to to Satan or perhaps a different angel? What do you, what do you think about that? Well, I don't know. I, 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 AJ, all the commentators I read, uh, especially on the basis of that passage from Jesus, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, and of course, yeah. Satan is up in heaven. You know, he can be up there. In fact, that's where he came when he was challenging uh, God about Job. Uh, uh, he's pictured as the accuser, and, and often the image is he's up there, of course, saying, God, why don't you send all these people down to hell? 
But look, that, that's where they belong. And of course, Christ there is our advocate. We are told mm-hmm. uh, uh, when he ascended into heaven. So yeah, I don't see any problem with that being Satan, because the thing we're going to see repeatedly in this text is that it's still God who's ultimately in control. And if there's any comfort in Revelation 9, it's that, that in every mm. instance, he's not calling the shots, whoever this guy right. is that came down from heaven, whoever has been right. given the key. No, no, it's always, always limited by the authority of the Lord. Uh, and, and don't you think this kind of proceed? the thing our listeners need to remember, this is all cyclical in the book of Revelation. So we get a picture of what it's going to be like at the end, and then all of a sudden it stops. And it rewinds, and it goes back to the beginning. And and so we're going to see a picture, but it, it doesn't have completion. But at the end, you know, God does release the devil, and he does mm. gather together all of his forces. And you're ready for the big battle of Armageddon. And, oh, what a battle mm. it's going to be. But what always tickles me, and I'm, 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 I'm kind of ruining, <laughs> spoiling the ending here, <laughs> there is no battle. There is no yeah. battle. He gathers together all his forces, and that's it, boom. You, you all get thrown into the lake of fire. It's done. <laughs> so right. I, I, to me, that's how I would interpret This is, again, a cyclical picture. We're seeing what's going to happen later in more fullness and completion when the devil literally does get released to gather all of his forces. But in this point, he's releasing some of the forces, and some of the things are going on. Uh, the thing yeah. you have to wrestle with is why, and it's answered at the end of the chapter. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't think I'm necessarily like uh, opposed to the idea that you, you, this could be identified with Satan. I think that um, the, the one thing that I would, I guess, and, and that's to your point about the whole battle thing, if this is Satan, yeah. this is a very interesting way of depicting him because he's not being depicted as a, like like the enemy force, right, who's assembling uh, the, the, the battle against God. Like, he is. I mean, if this is Satan, it's an interesting depiction because he's being he's being portrayed as as God's servant who is doing God's will, um, and, and yeah. that's and that's yeah. really and that's really as you were saying. I mean, if that is the right way to take it, I mean, it is. I mean, comforting, right? I mean, this is like Job, where you know, um, I mean, well, I mean, in Job in multiple ways, right? Of course, you've got um, you know the the, perse- the the prosecutor, you know, the, the Satan, right, who's just yeah. doing his job um, as like one of the angels. Um, you've got these angels throughout the book of Revelation who are, by God's will, uh, casting judgment on the earth. I mean, like the uh, with the fourth trumpet blast, like we saw, rather rather the third, um, you, you've got this great star that falls from heaven, right, and, and poisons uh, the water. So uh, kind of taking it all together, it's like uh, there's there's already been at least a few angels that have come down and done this. Uh, we're going to see later in chapter nine, there's going to be a few more angels. There's going to be four angels um, who have been bound and, and, and held in place, you know, held back from casting out this wrath and this judgment. So uh, there's all these angels involved in this production of um, wrath that has been stored up, but it's all God's wrath and the angels are only doing his will, um, which is, you know, I mean, again, it's like you, you kind of put yourself back into the creation idea, put yourself back into like the, the plagues of Egypt idea. Yeah, it's it's scary stuff and it's plagues. But I mean, it's it's God, you know, like the, when the angel of death shows up. Right. Um, that's that's this angel is doing God's God's will. Um, it, we have to take our, our break here, but 
Well, we, let's actually, I think when we come back, we'll want to actually read the rest of it and try to figure out a little bit more about this angel here who has the key to the abyss. Everybody, hang on. We're looking at Revelation chapter 9 here on Thy Strong Word. We'll be right back. News Digest host Kip Allen. While the coronavirus pandemic has put much of the country on hold, court cases are advancing involving people of faith. Recently, the abortion industry suffered a major defeat in its civil case against an undercover journalist who exposed their marketing of aborted baby body parts. Peter Breen of the Thomas More Society and I discuss this on World Lutheran News Digest. The Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, on behalf of Concordia Plan Services, Lutheran Housing Support Corporation, Concordia University System, Lutheran Church Extension Fund, the LCMS Foundation, and Corporate Synod, daily reaches out to our members and partners, working together to support our local, global, and international ministries, church workers, and LCMS initiatives at large to carry the mission forward and to serve each other in love. Opportunities to serve, lcms.org careers. Hi, I'm Pastor Mark Hawkinson. You know, life is a potpourri of good experiences and really tough challenges. Through all those times you need, and so do I, the Lord's precious word and sacred music to get you through. That's what you get when you tune in to Moments of Assurance, Christ-centered songs, scripture, news items, trivia, humor, you name it. So tune in. You'll be richer for it over the noontime hour here on Worldwide KFUO. Moments of Assurance is underwritten by Mid-American Coaches. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're looking at Revelation chapter 9, you know, this fifth angel blowing the trumpet here. And we're just talking about this, like this smoke that arises from the abyss. There's this angel who's given the key to unlock it. What's going on here? Today, we're joined by Pastor John Lukomsky. By God's grace, um, just I cannot believe Everything that's happened to you the last time, since the last time that we spoke, just praise God that that you're that you're doing well. Um, you know, Florida is probably not a bad place to be stuck if you have to be no, stuck someplace, right? Um, yeah, yeah. That, that you're there with your wife. This is this is good. <laughs> so, uh, just praise God um, for for His mercy and and healing at the hand of the great physician. Um, I and this is just a, such a great blessing because you know here you are just serving God and reading the scriptures with us and um, helping us through uh, walk through these passages and so just everybody you know take advantage of these opportunities that God puts right before us here if you've got a question for me or Pastor Lukomsky give us a call one eight hundred seven three zero two seven two seven or if you're in St Louis three one four eight two one zero eight five zero or you can always send an email to kfuo at kfuo.org. Also, don't want to forget, um, I thank our underwriters at the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Thank you guys for your support. Check out their website. It's lhfmissions.org. Uh, they they've had some good updates on there in the last like week or so, so check those out. 
All right. So turning back to the text here. Um, we were, hey, AJ, yeah, go ahead. AJ re real quick, because you used this phrase that was so striking, and I hope people heard it because it's the truth where you said the devil is the servant of God. Right. I, I got this quote from Luther. Let me just share it with you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly what you, yeah, it says, the Lord exalted his holy one and is wonderful among all his saints that he destroyed the devil, not by a work of God, but by a work of the devil himself, that is the cross. And then he goes in to say, uh, he compels the devil to, uh, by his wonderful wisdom, he compels the devil to work through death nothing else than life, so that in mm -hmm. this way, while he acts, that is the devil, uh, most of all against the work of God, he acts for the work of God and against his own work with his own deed. So I, I just thought, you're absolutely right. Yeah, the devil thinks he's doing these incredible evil things, and they're just the instrument of God to bring to us life and salvation, because the thing that struck me about Revelation 9 with the release of all these demonic forces, I, I thought, yeah, God did that once before. He did that to his son Jesus, didn't he? He released the devil with all of his evil and his wickedness, and he, he got into the hearts of people, and they denied him and betrayed him, and they crucified him. And it was also that God could defeat the devil. So, yeah. Right. Uh, so I'm sticking with the fact that this is this is this is the devil. Because that's what God does. He lets the devil think he's in control, but really he's just using the devil for his own purposes. So anyway. Well, yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. And I, I want to – let's read through actually verse 11 here because I think that sure. will help sharpen this into focus here. Because um, it just it – just, we have so many, I guess, ideas, popular ideas about what, what does the devil mean. I really appreciate the Luther quote that you just read because you, you got to – you got to see how in this, at least in this chapter, he is portrayed as the instrument of God, and he is only doing what God lets him. And he's only going as far as God gives him slack on his leash. Like, this is this is absolutely another one of the angels of God who only can do as God will. So, I mean, we, we got to, like, really appreciate this chapter for how it's saying these things. So it's, we just read it's through— interesting. It's interesting yeah. to use the word on his leash— because, you know, that was Brighton's, uh, Lewis Brighton's picture. He's the junkyard dog. He's uh, mean. Yeah. He's nasty. You don't get close to him, but, you know, he is on a chain. <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. You know, yeah, that, yeah, that's right. At the, at, the, at the end of the day, like, you know, God calls and he, you know, comes and uh, lays down in front of his feet and, you know, God puts his feet on him. You know, I mean, it's just, I mean, that's, you got to, go. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's take a look at this here. So this is, we read, we read through verse three, okay? So like this, the smoke is, is like locusts on the earth, okay? Um, and here's verse four then. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any green plant or any tree, but only those people who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were allowed to torment them for five months, but not to kill them. And their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings someone. And in those days, people will seek death and will not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. In appearance, the locusts were like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were what looked like crowns of gold. Their faces were like human faces. Their hair like women's hair. And their teeth like lion's teeth. 
they had breastplates like breastplates of iron and the noise of their wings was like the noise of many chariots with horses rushing into battle. They have tails and stings like scorpions and their power to hurt people for five months is in their tails. They have as king over them, the angel of the bottomless pit. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon and in Greek his he is called Apollyon. All right, so uh, th this is this is helping to flesh these things out. Uh, I, I, actually, that's a pretty good word here, flesh things out, um, because we got this dual thing going on. On the on the one hand, it's like you you see this smoke and these locusts coming out of the abyss, right? Um, but on the other hand, it, it's not like these you know. On the one hand, they're like locust monsters, but on the other hand, all of this sounds like an army. Right, you've got you've got iron breastplates. They sound like horses and chariots rushing into battle, right? Um, human faces, like women's hair. All this description is like it, it sounds like you know what we're what we're not talking about is locusts, but what we're talking about is an invading army. What do you think? Yeah, well, that that's the impression, and and, and I think that's the thing when you start talking about demonic powers you also have to realize that they have manifestations that are real and physical here on earth. And, and so it could mean it could be talking about little human armies. It, it could be talking about other physical phenomenon. Um, the thing though, that's striking in all of this is so you have this powerful image of, of the, of, of the armies and the breastplates and the iron and, and and the, the teeth of lions and this very but see that's the thing they appear so powerful but 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 their crowns are, are like crowns they're not real crowns they're not really in control no no that that's the point and, and every step again no they're only allowed to do it for so long they cannot do this right. eternally uh, they're only allowed to do it to a certain group of people. Thank God you and I are spared because we got sealed a few chapters earlier. There were about mm -hmm. 144,000. So to me, that's that. I, I, I'm not. I would not try to interpret what this imagery is. My, my interpretation would be: it looks really, really horrible and powerful, and in fact, it is. And yet, no, no, just like it was with the devil and Job. No, no, they're not going to kill. They're not going to destroy, even though men wishes wish they would. Uh, but no, they don't have that kind of power. Uh, and in fact, what their power is, it just looks like power. But but again, as, as you brought up earlier, no, these are just they're the servants of God. Although what we got to wrestle with before we're done is why, why right. would He send out these people to torment? Are these demons right. to torment people? Right. Yeah, no, that, that's uh, that that. So that's an important question, and you already mentioned a part of the answer. Looking back at verse four, right? This is this is so important. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any green plant or any tree, but only those people who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And this is uh, this this is so important because I I feel like the easy way that a lot of people might read this is like, oh, this is this is the devil. He falls from heaven because he's a rebel, right? And he's cast down. And but you know he's the king of hell. It says that right in verse eleven. He's he's the king of hell, and he goes to make yeah. war against the people of God. And that that's actually just not what this says, right? I mean, like no, what it no. actually says, right, is that you know this this 
I mean, Angel really is sent down. He's given the keys from God to serve this purpose of not, you know, he's not making war. He's not like, I'm the ruler of hell and I'm going to fight against heaven. No, um, he's doing God's work and he's actually tormenting the enemies of God. I mean, I, I mean, so, so, I mean, that really is something that's striking here. It's like, yeah. So if, if it's Satan, like, and I don't think it's like a problem, but it's like, if, if this is Satan, this is not the way you think the story goes very popularly. You know, like this is, this is a very specific, this is like, this is like the angel of death, which I think in some ways th that that's kind of how I, I almost want to take this when it says there in verse 11, um, that, you know, his name in Hebrew is Abaddon and in Greek Apollyon. I mean, those are just different words for destruction. I mean, this seems like it's the angel of death at, at the end of the day, that this is like the, the same, in some ways, the angel of death that was there at Passover, that, yeah, it was a terrible thing, you know, struck down the firstborn of Egypt. I mean, that's that's a disaster, right? Um, but did that in order that God's people would be saved? And, 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 and so here's the thing. Verse 3 says they were given power. So you're right. Because right. our picture is, is that the devil is a great and mighty power, and, and then we have God and this, this great spiritual battle that's going on. But, but the biblical picture is the devil has no power. He is an right. angel. He's a creature. He only can do what God allows him to do. You know, now you've actually gone off on an interesting thing. Could it be the angel of death is the devil in the Passover story? Yeah. I've never, yeah. ever thought of it that way, but why not? Because he is a murderer. You know, that's what Jesus says. He's a liar. He's a murderer. That's what he does. Oh, wow. Of course, now you've also made me think about an even tougher thing. So maybe the whole fall into sin was actually part of God's plan, too, that that wasn't just the devil showing up there, but God right. well, allowed the devil to do that back there right. in Genesis. Oh, well, man, yeah. Well, oh, man. Well, you know, whenever I think whenever you kind of think about angels, right? I mean, this is what happened. You mentioned like Enoch, right? At the, at the top of the yeah. hour, like when, whenever you when you ever start, you kind of start focusing on angels. Uh, I feel like that's just your head is always going to end up hurting because you're just like, oh, man, hang on a second. So who are these like spiritual beings, right? Who are who are not God and yet they're not human beings and they're, you know, they're non-corporeal and, and, and what day of the creation were they created anyway? And you yeah, start asking yeah, these sorts of yeah. questions and it's just like, you're, you're going to, you know, it's like, this is, um, but w without, you know, without kind of like getting into angelology, right. It just, it really is important to see like verse 11, for example, it does not say that this is the angel. That's the king of the abyss. No, right. it, it says they have, they, who, who is they? Uh, the armies that we're talking about, they has they have key, as king over them, the angel of the bottomless pit. He's called of the bottomless pit, right? Because he's the angel who is sent to open the bottomless pit. He was not in there, right? Like he was not there ruling over the bottomless pit. And now he's finally been let, you know, set free after 10,000 years, right? Like, no, he was sent down from heaven to open it up. He's doing his job and his job is to direct the armies, right? Because we got to remember, and we've talked about this a little bit, in the ancient world, the, the king is the guy, the general, like the head general who's there on the battlefield, right? Um, and, and so that idea is that this, this angel has opened it up and he's telling the troops, and this is actually, this is actually good news. Um, the angel is telling this army where they're allowed to go and what they're allowed to do and what, and consequently what they're not allowed to do. 
and where they're not allowed to go. And the angel here who's serving God is telling them, you can't hurt God's people. You, you, you can't hurt the, the nature, uh, the wildlife. This is what your job is going to do. You're going to do this for five months and you have to stop. The angel is there keeping them in check. Um, and presumably um, he's got this key because um, after five months, they go back into the pit. And and again, you know that's the comforting thing too. Even even for the even the people that they are tormenting, that that isn't eternal. That 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 has limits to it. Uh, five months, whatever that means. Uh, I know I read one that that's basically how long locusts usually last is five months. And so maybe that's huh. all it means. Uh, uh, that's the normal period of a, a locust infestation. But but you're absolutely right that, that they're not. This isn't some great battle between the forces of evil and the forces of God. Whatever this is, this is totally uh, in the hand of the Lord. Uh, and I like see see we could emphasize the negative that that they can torment, but but I like your emphasis. No, it's about what they can't do, who they can't torment, and, and, and you know what? So, so they torment people to the point where they want to die. But don't you understand that the death of those people will be worse than no matter right. what it is they're struggling with here and now is nothing compared to the term torment they'll have eternally in hell. So, um, yeah. Well, it, it, you think back to the Passover, um, you know, because, I mean, just, you know, we're coming off of Easter. And so um, I'm just, you know, Passover is just kind of fresh in our mind here. And you, you think about that situation, you know. There were all these plagues that were sent on Egypt, and we we see again and again that Egypt is the one that you know gets hit, right? Like, and uh, God's people right. get spared from all this stuff. But not at first. All, well, you know, that's no, what's no, no, that, If you follow the plagues at first, it falls on everybody, and then it's like, well, you're not convinced. All right, let me make a distinction now, so you can see this right. is not fluke. This is not accident. Again, it's the same thing. This is the working yeah. of Yahweh. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, that's right. Especially towards the end, it, there is a, you know, when the Nile turns to blood, it's just, well, the Nile's blood, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that, that's just not going to be fun for anybody, um, you know, which is, you know, another interesting parallel between like that and like the wormwood thing, right? Where the, where the waters, oh, you know, sure. become bad, right? Um, but, but right, you, you see these distinctions that are being made. And when you, when you see that, right? No, it's, it's not to say that God like just wipes out Egypt though, and like there was no more Egypt at the end of it, right? I mean, I mean, God is God is doing this to show the Egyptians that there is a more powerful God that they have not been worshiping. You know, they've got their gods, and they they think that you know, like if they keep worshiping their gods, everything's going to be hunky dory. But then there's this other God that shows up, and He shows them that He can just go ahead and just destroy their most powerful God, their sun God, like 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 he's nothing you know and and that wh why why would you go and you demonstrate this why why would god do that well i mean it says there to to show his glory right even to the egyptians and you see what we yep. read in, in, together in isaiah right was that this would be ultimately that the people of egypt would be called to re repentance and that they would turn and seek the lord and like that's exactly what happened i mean what do you call the coptic church i mean there's right, a gigantic right, tradition yeah you know, like in, in the history of Christianity, of, of the Egyptian church. I mean, historically, I mean, one of, uh, just an extremely significant church uh, with, with a very strong tradition 
a lot of bold martyrdom and witnessing, um, you know, all over the earth. So, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like God does all this to Egypt and Egypt does repent. So here, you know, God's doing all this stuff, um, you know, in Asia Minor, right? You know, seven, the area of the seven churches, right? Um, letting yeah. the, the unbelievers be tormented. Like, well, I mean, he's letting it happen, but it's so that they would repent. And we, we see later that, I mean, like not in the, not in the scriptures, but later in history, that that's what happens. I, I mean, I mean, just the whole the whole empire seems to repent. Um, you know, it will will come to anyway. So, I mean, this is this is ultimately a thing of God's mercy, as you were saying. And and it's interesting because as we get to the end of the chapter, that's exactly what's going on here. It's almost a direct parallel to what you were saying. All of this is happening so that people will repent and they will turn from all of their false idols. That's so, so it's interesting. Maybe we, maybe if we did a little study, we could draw the parallels there, just like we do in Egypt, because we know that yeah. each plague actually attacked the thing that the Egyptians right. worship. So maybe, maybe some of these things here too are things that people worshipped, uh, or maybe they feared. You know, when we start talking locusts and scorpions, yeah. and, and again, it, it was God saying, "No, no, there's only one person you need to fear, love, and trust." <laughs> right. It's not the things you're right. fearing, loving, or trusting. Anyway, have you been listening to Hulk? Have you been listening to Hulk Hogan lately? <laughs> <laughs> um, what? <laughs> no, that's that's quite a transition. <laughs> that's quite a transition. <laughs> no, I'm just the thought occurred to me because Hulk Hogan, who I do not consider a great theologian, but but you know he pointed out with this coronavirus that it's attacked our idols as well, right? Because maybe people worshipped, they, 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 they idolized the uh, sports stars. Mm. So no more sports. They idolized yeah. the uh, um, musicians, the musical mm. people. Well, no more concerts. You know, they idolized their money and their stocks. Well, you know what that's well, done. <laughs> so I thought, yeah. I don't know, I think of you as a prophet, but maybe you got a point there. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, 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 it's true. It's, and, and we've talked about that a little bit, that, I mean, it's in the midst of, uh, you know, God's wrath. It's, it's, God doesn't just, you know, it's not like he's having a bad day. And so he, he does this, right? I mean, he, there's always a purpose behind it, a good, a good purpose, a wise purpose. Right. Yeah. No, it's not like he's just like, Oh, you guys like, you know, no, no, no. It's uh, he always has a purpose. And even in the midst of his wrath his his mercy and love just become all the more apparent by the contrast. Um, I, I do think that, you know, you, you do, uh, you know, there, there is a point about like seeing that there's some kind of a, uh, like thematic connection in all of this. I mean, it is interesting that here we are, right? It's a uh, trumpet blast five. And what do we have? You have an Eagle flying overhead and then you have the abyss. And, and we got to remember, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned that uh, the, the abyss. I mean, that's the word that we had back in Genesis one, right? It, it's yeah. the word of like the, the deep, right? And um, we remember um, on day five, what, what's it say in Genesis one, right? That, it, what does it say here? You know, let the waters swarm and swarms living creatures uh, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens, which is almost the exact phrase used for that eagle there. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves, which with which the waters swarm. Right. And so that um, th that idea of, you know, the, these you know winged creatures. Right. Which um, I, I suppose really like if you take it broadly could include um 
you know, locusts even perhaps. Um, yeah. You've got you've got this abyss, right? Like it says the great sea creatures that there's kind of these um, different things in scriptures that kind of connect um, the, these great things with like the, the abyss somewhere in the seas. So I, I do think that there is kind of thematically this this day five connection here where it's uh, and, and what and what is that well that's just i mean it's it's good news again because if if god's using all of this chaos like the way that he used the plagues of egypt like the ways that he used even like that terrible plague of the firstborn right um if he's using all that chaos and he's the one in charge of it all he's using it to save he's using it to recreate right um I mean, so in the midst of all of this right there's the god of creation who is up to something creative in well, the midst of all the destruction. And if, you, if you want to talk about chaos, now now you go back last week, and could there be any greater chaos than that the Son of God is nailed to a cross and cries out, my God, my God, yeah, sure. why hast thou forsaken me? You can't get right. any more chaotic than that. But yeah, you're right. Out of the chaos is where life and salvation and forgiveness comes. With Amen. repentance, though, I think that's the thing in yeah. the last verses. If you don't see that you're a sinner, if you don't see that you you are part of the whole demonic problem, then no, what can we do for you? Uh, well, but when no, you that's that, right. Then, then, then you see that, oh, we need the Lord, we need salvation, we need forgiveness. That's right. And you're right, you're right. We should And we should take a look at that. Let's just read this last part here and get to that last verse that you were mentioning here, but it actually explicitly mentions repentance. So this is yeah. uh, Revelation 9, picking it up at verse 12 to the end now. Verse 12, the first woe has passed. Behold, two woes are still to come. Then the sixth angel blew his trumpet, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour of the day, the month and the year were released to kill a third of mankind. The number of mountain, mounted troops was twice 10,000 times 10,000. I heard their number. And this is how I saw the horses in my vision and those who rode them. They wore breastplates the color of fire and of sapphire and of sulfur. And the heads of the horses were like lion's heads. And fire and smoke and sulfur came out of their mouths. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by the fire and smoke and sulfur coming out of their mouths. For the power of the horses is in their mouths and in their tails, for their tails are like serpents with heads, and by means of them they wound. The rest of mankind, who were not killed by the, the plagues, did not repent of the works of their hands, nor give up worshipping demons and idols of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood, which cannot see or walk, nor did they repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. So, you know, only have a, a couple minutes here, but I mean, a lot, it's a lot of uh, very similar patterns to like what we have seen so far, right? That you've got, um, you know, this, uh, it's another army apparently, right? Like these mounted yep. troops. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting, right? Instead of um, looking like locusts, like a, a, a winged insect, which we might associate with day five, um, here in, in um, you know, trumpet number six, they look like lions, you know, which would have been something created on day six, right? Where you had like the right. livestock, right. the wild animals, right? Um, created on, on the earth. Um, so there's kind of different thematic 
imagery, I, I would say, to line up with the days of creation. But at, at the end of it, it's still this army that is being held in check by God and his angels who have been sent um, to to really to drive people to repentance. But it doesn't the repentance doesn't happen, though. No, no, that's the sad thing. And of course, we're getting set up to realize the story's not over, right? Because we have yet another woe, and only right. a third of the people are dead. And we're going to go back and do the cycle yet another time. Um, right. And maybe that's the lesson. It goes on and on, and, and people don't seem to repent. And it's like, oh, this is hopeless. But it's not. It's not hopeless. It's going to go on, and God's going to gather together every single person that he has called to be his own. And all of this evil and wicked stuff that's happened, that's not going to change that. And as you said earlier, AG, it's going to have a happy ending. It's going to have a it's going to have a really really happy ending. It just that's isn't right. here yet. Uh, <laughs> I, I ran across a neat quote: uh, um, "Everything works together uh, in the end. And if it's not working together, well, it's just not the end." <laughs> so. I like that. I like that. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, and it's just so right, though, that, you know, you've got all this stuff going on. And I mean, I think this is stuff that I mean, that it certainly did happen, you know, in Asia Minor, right? I mean, just, you know, wars oh, yeah. and invading armies and all the rest. Um, and it's happened, as you said, again and again, throughout history. But I mean, through all these things, whether it's wars or armies or, um, you know, plagues, uh, through all of these things, God is constantly showing us mercy, constantly sparing his people, constantly bringing us to repentance. And it's just as you were saying, like the, the tragedy is when we don't repent in the midst of it. So, I mean, may, yeah. may, Lord, may the Lord have mercy. May we repent of our sin, which deserves all of these things, but then cling ever more tightly to Christ because he's the salvation who rescues us from all of these things. So... So good to hear from you, brother. God bless you. Um, yeah, we'll have to stay in touch um, and just, you know, I'll, I'll be praying for you. Thank you, AJ. Appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you in a couple weeks. All right. And, until then, John. Everybody, that was Pastor John Lukomsky, pastor uh, from Southern Illinois, currently in Florida right now. Please keep him in prayers, brothers and sisters. Moving on to Revelation chapter 10, the angel on the little scroll next time on Pastor AJ Espinosa. You've been Peace. listening to Thy Strong Word. Produced by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate Office of National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at KFUO.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.